Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. They're coming to get you, Barbara. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Welcome to Flight Night. Let's get started. Yeah, so nervous again. Leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> leather, yellow leather. Okay. Welcome to the Carpenter Queens podcast. We are your new favorite horror obsessed queens. We discuss and dismember the good, the bad, and the very queer in our favorite horror media. I am your co-host, Nick. I am your other co-host, Raymond. And welcome to our first episode. I am Woo! so excited. <laughs> uh for those that don't know us, because you obviously don't know us, hi. Uh, we are just two queens who love to talk about pretty much anything and everything involving horror. That goes all the way down to horror in theme parks. That goes to horror yes, films. That. <laughs> we even love those cute little haunted houses that people make in their backyards. If you build Ooh. it, we will come. Yes. <laughs> if they build it, they will come. <laughs> Uh, on this podcast, essentially what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about our favorite films, especially ooh, uh, specifically when we're talking about John Carpenter. We're called the Carpenter Queens. Uh, yeah. John Carpenter is pretty much our OG and our absolute favorites. And we're excited to talk about his filmography on every other episodes. We also like to talk about different types of films and putting them up against each other, specifically when it comes to remakes. I'm super excited about those episodes. Yes, the verses. I can't wait. The verse, the original versus the remake. Revenge of the remakes. Get ready, because I, I believe that's going to be our <laughs> electric boogaloo. I'm so excited for you. Oh, that rhymed. I didn't even mean it to. <laughs> <laughs> well, on our first episode, it's going to be our speed dating round. It's essentially getting us to get to know you. You get to know us, and why we get to talk about horror and why we want to do it. Yes, although I don't think it'll be much of us getting to know them i think just us them in my brain in my delicate little brain there's an audience here and i'm just waiting for the sound cues of the audience laughing at me That's got it got it okay <laughs> now i podcast, know where we're at we're we're there we're there in the, <laughs> the central fear of, of uh i need an audience around me but for this podcast, we, if you cannot tell, we are super queer. We're super gay. I love it. I love being gay. I love being uh, a horror nerd. It is the best of the two combinations. And not only that, we're, we're stoners. I don't know how to break it down past that. Yeah, pretty much. It's like a daily, <laughs> <clears throat> a multiple like daily thing. So every time you listen to this podcast, please spark up. We definitely did before we started oh, recording. Oh, 100. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, please smoke beforehand, smoke during, smoke afterward. We're all about it. Matter of fact, like I still have like a little roach left here. Uh, it might spark up in a bit. 420, what you smoking? This is the last joint um, that I got from Canadite Grow. She's a local grower here in the Valley. Uh, also out. queer. Yeah, shout out to Canadite Grow. 
uh, Fire Flower. Um, I think this was Gelato, I believe. Um, mm. But very, very good stuff. Um, she's partnered with my other favorite uh, Valley quote unquote dealer, uh, Sweet D Edibles. She makes fire, fire edibles. Uh, you can find them both on Instagram. She's the one that makes the sick, like, what was it? It was like your hot chocolate, but it was like a giant heart that you you guys kind of failed at when you tried to make it. <laughs> yeah, so she makes those hot chocolate bombs that are like all the rage these days. I didn't realize it was like a thing until mm-hmm. like I saw multiple other people doing it that weren't infused, but she makes um, uh, THC infused hot chocolate bombs. Uh, more specifically, it's that really good Aulita hot chocolate, the Mexican hot chocolate. That good. Um, it was really dope because it's like a chocolate sphere and everything's inside and the chocolate sphere is actually what's infused but what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to put the sphere at the bottom of the mug and pour the hot cho- the hot milk on top of it <laughs> i <laughs> i you guess i wanted get to get through it <laughs> i guess i wanted to be fucking extra and theatrical and like <laughs> toss the sphere to the hot milk so i put the milk in first and then i drew <laughs> I went to go drop the sphere into the milk, but the milk was so fucking hot that the the chocolate sphere immediately began to melt and it cracked <laughs> in half and the whole thing just like plopped in there and it splashed out milk everywhere. <laughs> Way to go. For me, Richard got it on uh, Instagram video, so it's forever saved. It lives in infamy forever. But I know that she also makes just a ridiculous amount of like, what fascinates me about her is that, well, I am located in Colorado. Uh, for everyone listening at home, we are doing this through Zoom. Uh, I am located in Colorado. Raymond is located in sunny, beautiful Los Angeles. Yes, it's a very nice day today. Ooh, lucky. It's horribly windy. So I apologize if my audio is just like not the best today. <laughs> it is the most ridiculously windy day today. It's funny seeing you in like a t-shirt and it's sunny and it's gorgeous. And then I'm over here in like two sweaters. I've got my plaid on. I've got a beanie on and I have long johns. Like the weather is just not, <laughs> it's just not with me today. But uh, talking about uh, your her edibles, it's ridiculous because here in California, California, here in Colorado, Jesus Christ, I am high. Here in Colorado, it's interesting to see the edibles that we get uh ours are so manufactured and so like regulated that it's really interesting to see yours because hers are like handcrafted artisan edibles and they are the most gorgeous edibles i've ever seen they are which it's like oh we're gonna go off on a tangent but the whole reason why i found her is because i found her through a friend who posted she originally came out with these uh brownies pop brownies but she um decorated them to look like the book from hocus pocus if you know i love hocus pocus so i was immediately in what queen doesn't love hocus (laughs) pocus that's a ridiculous question right so that was like our first introduction from then on i was sold bitch anything she was coming out with i was buying we even went to her little christmas pop-up and took pictures with santa and bought all this ridiculous shit oh yeah well uh what's her instagram handle again Oh, uh, Sweet D Edibles. She's located in the San Fernando Valley as of yet. I don't believe they deliver or anything or um, they don't ship anything as well. They haven't been able to master that just yet. So you have to be local in order to get it. Um, but yeah, but Sweet D me, Edibles, mm-hmm, definitely so worth, worth it. it. Highly She's- recommend Highly recommend any time that you can get beautiful freaking edibles and get high. Because I remember the pound gummy bucket that she gave you guys i've never heard of any edibles being sold in a pound we still have some. <laughs> i haven't finished them 
<laughs> they're so good too. They're in the shape of uh, Rick and Morty, right? Um, the last batch was uh, these wow. ones were from Christmas, so they're <laughs> they're like uh, little Christmas trees and snowmen and bows and presents. It's really cute. That's adorable. I wish we could have more stuff like that out here, but it's fine. I'll still take my regulated edibles in any way, shape, or form that I can get them. Oh yeah, I mean the one. I mean we have that here too. It's just, of course, I'm gonna support a local business and a small shop. We have to shop local. Also, wear a mask, please. I feel like that yes. shouldn't have to be something I have to state. But Especially if you live here in LA, our cases are ridiculous. Yeah, you guys, your guys' cases are uh, exceptionally high right now. You were telling me earlier before we started recording, um, how many? Uh, they just said that one in one in three Americans, sorry, one in three Californians has either had COVID, been exposed to COVID, or has it? I don't know. Uh, yeah, one in three. So please be safe, everybody. Stay inside. If you have to go outside, please wear a mask, socially distance, be kind to one another. Please, it's already hard enough right now, but uh, be be there for each other out there is all I'm going to say on that. Yes, please. Moving forward, we're going to start our wonderful speed dating round. So everyone who's listening can get to know us a little bit more before we start ripping apart our favorite horror movies. Uh, our first question is going to be, how long have you had, ooh, words. How long have you been a horror fan? Ooh, I guess I wouldn't say since I was a child because I used to be really scared of it. So I didn't really <laughs> start to like it until... Uh, maybe like as like a, a preteen so like what like 10 11 12 um is that preteen that's time? What... i always thought like preteen was like no you said 12 right yeah yeah like 10, i was 12 I... is 10 considered preteen i thought it was just like 11 and 12 and then you called it good okay sure i don't know i don't know logistics I don't know. of it i, don't know. I, don't, I fucking I don't hate kids anyways like, don't care. i don't say fuck them kids <laughs> fuck them kids <laughs> but yeah uh probably since i was like uh yeah, like a preteen um, was when I started to enjoy it. That sounds kind of dirty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was when I started to like it and uh, come around to like, you know, that's when you you start to find it thrilling. Like, it, you know, mm-hmm. it starts becoming less scary and more thrilling. Like, it's fun for you. Like, yeah, it's still scary, but that's what makes it fun. Uh, and you're how old now? 62? <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh i proudly just turned 33 two days ago happy late birthday again thank you thank you thank you uh yeah 33 uh as long like i said as long as this i'm pointing to my face for those who can't see as long as this doesn't look 33 we are good twinkle twinkle little star i hope they never see the scars (laughs) shut up i have to have a a regimen now yeah i gotta take care of the skin now a warning fuck you <laughs> i have been pushing you about a skin regimen for years when we used to live together i kept it i like i at least kept the basics like i make sure i wash i tone sure. i moisturize i exfoliate uh swinging back around a horror uh preteen you said how so 12 years old what was the movie that like did it for you um Halloween, I mean, Halloween, Halloween was what terrified me Halloween night. at first, like, you know, Small my cousin American or my brother would terrorize me with that, that movie, I used to be scared, the the theme used to like send shivers down my spine. It still does, um, it's still so right? iconic, yeah, no, uh, it, well, my, yeah. my partner and I were talking about this uh, yesterday, funny enough, when we were on our walk, that 
that my favorite one of my favorite things about horror is the soundtracks they're so distinct from everything else and the only way to be like effective is if like your themes and your music and your just uh, the the uh aesthetic that you're going for for your film works with everything like the best soundtracks are usually horror uh friday the 13th halloween john carpenter's fucking fantastic at what he does uh so nightmare on elm street so, so good nightmare on elm street uh jaws do you consider jaws a horror film i consider jaws horror that's fascinating i you know what i would probably do too but i don't know for some reason shark films for me teeter-totter on like horror for me even though deep blue sea is still like one of my absolute favorite teeter-totter between horror and what i like i for some reason want to call it like aquatic thriller like does that (laughs) (laughs) you're just making up your own subgenre now it's not even a genre Leave me alone. I don't know. An aquatic some... thriller. Yeah, an aquatic thriller. I don't know why. I have no idea why. I can't really say much because I know you didn't watch it, uh, but it dropped last year before everything went to shit. But Underwater with Kristen Stewart was actually one of my oh. favorite movies of last year. Mm-hmm. It's uh, on my list. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on my list. If anyone wants to stream it, I know for a fact it's streaming on HBO Max right now. HBO Max mm-hmm. has been getting like my pussy wet this Ooh. fucking like year. Yes. They have, become, they have been dropping so much shit. So HBO Max sponsor me. I know you were about that like queer horror shit. I've seen your catalog. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, for me to answer the question, I essentially didn't really start it the same way. Um, horror for me didn't really pick up until I think I was honestly maybe eighth grade freshman was when it really started kicking for me. I went through my whole emo phase and like seventh grade and then it started like kicking in for horror i feel like emo being an emo kid <laughs> and horror just kind of go hand in hand re- they really do yeah <laughs> hot topic <laughs> caters to all uh for me it didn't start until i could i would check out horror movies because they didn't care at the library they didn't care if it was a rated no. r movie and some freaking 14 year olds over here like eh, all they cared this. was that you brought it back <laughs> essentially but that's when i got introduced to like black christmas uh when a stranger calls all those horrible movies the covenant oh my god the descendants of a secret legacy come on caleb it's not like it's gonna kill us yeah oh my god what like queer boy who loves horror didn't watch that movie and doesn't own it on fucking like 4k ultra right now (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's for the story it's for the plot I really need to make sure it's for the aesthetic. Hey, okay, they would know who they were catering to. Just a bunch of hot, (laughs) magical guys who, for some reason, love to swim all the time and are in speedos. They knew what they were. I mean, we're gonna have to like dive in on on the because I want anyone would. I want to get into your my mama. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone would love to hear us talk about the covenant, I will gladly talk about the covenant. Don't even worry about it. Um, that's so funny that you brought up the library because that's how I did a lot of uh, my movie watching. Mm-hmm. Um, was through the library because you know, like weird little queer shut-ins like us. You know, yep. we live at the library. Like that's where, if we didn't have computers or internet at home, that's where we got our access. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we read a lot. Uh, and that's then so funny that you the... bring up computer access because that's how I got MySpace because I wasn't allowed to have a MySpace, so I would only go on MySpace <laughs> at the library. You had a secret account. Who of course it? yeah that's where i did a lot of my movie watching was through mm-hmm. the library that's how i told you that's how i first saw rocky horror mm-hmm. um among like many many other movies but yeah i did a lot of library checking out please everybody i mean i guess now you don't really need to go to the library 
if you've got the internet access. This was way before yeah. like we were able to use the internet. God, that makes me feel yeah. old. Yeah. Well, welcome. Yeah, flake off. I I just turned 28. I am I've got 2 years to fuck around a little bit more. You were not that far behind me. You were over here like making fun of me like you're fucking 10 <laughs> years younger than me, bitch. <laughs> Anyway, moving on to our next question for our speed dating rounds. Uh, what is your relationship to pot? It is something that is very big for both of us, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, relationship to pot. For, for, I don't know. For me, it's it's a, um, something that I need because I'm a very like anxious, mm-hmm. um, almost, not, almost high strung, I guess. Person. I really wouldn't consider you high strung. You well, definitely have I'm moments. <laughs> I mean, tea. Uh, that's because I like to check myself. I try not to become too high strung. But anyways, um, we just like mellows me out. Makes me a much better person. Um, <laughs> it's much better than like popping a pill every day, even though I have to. Also um, for other medical reasons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just makes me a much better person. It mellows me out. It allows me to enjoy life much better. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it like just puts me at zero and I can be a decent human being for the no, most part. I would 100% agree. Because uh, that's what, well, our relationship with pot started around the same exact time. Yeah, uh, pretty much. When I used to live in California and when did I move there? I would say 2013, maybe. 2013, 2012. I, I think it was 2012, yeah. Mm-hmm. 2012 was when I moved out there and we lived together and caught you smoking the devil's <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> yes. Red. You're red. Yeah, I did. Caught you trying to air it out inside of the fucking house and just chowing Straight down up. on pizza, gawking oh, at little Caesars. fucking Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> I love Roseanne. It's a, for, now it's a guilty pleasure because she's canceled for being a horrible person, but she, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's how it started. You caught me one day, and then I don't know. Somehow, I guess they, I found out that you liked it, or that you had smoked it before. Yeah, because you know you could, you got to do the scandalous thing. You got to go to college. You got to smoke the the weeds. You got to go do stupid shit. And that's where I mm-hmm. that's where I was introduced to it. Was in college. Was when I smoked. But then I dropped out of college. So <laughs> what? <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the, the, and then so what about you? Obviously, like we started around the same time. And if I'm not mistaken, like I think I helped reignite that flame when you moved here to LA. Um, I I think it was a two-parter because when we were coming up, with, when I was looking at these questions, uh, I a, remember that you, yes, introduced me, but that's also when I started working at, was that when I started working at Starbucks? Because mm-hmm. I don't think we started smoking my first year that we lived there, that I lived there because I was still working at Aldo. And mm-hmm. then I switched over to Starbucks and that's when we really started smoking. And for anyone who works at Starbucks, I'm not meaning to call you out, girl, but we all know everybody at Starbucks is usually fucking high. It's, it's just, being a barista just kind of goes hand in hand with being a stoner. I don't know why, it just works really well. It's that coffee and the, the bud stimulant. It's a very uh, high demand job, especially if you work like at a drive-thru or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for myself, like I need it after after a long shift especially like after an open yeah Mm -hmm. i need to come home decompress relax take a nap and for anyone listening it is legal it is 100 it is legal in both (laughs) of our states Uh, yes 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 Uh, i on the other hand do not go to work high do not put me on that pedestal with everybody else (laughs) um but i used to work at starbucks 
<laughs> but yes, after a long day, I like to come home and spark up a shadoobie. Yes. A shadoobie, some parcheesy. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you want to get corn dogged? Do you want to be, uh, what was the other one? Uh, corn blasted. Corn blasted. Right, was it corn blasted? Crumb blasted. Crumb, crumb blasted. blasted. If, if you're crumb blasted, you're high as shit. Uh, for pot for me though, it it's it goes hand in hand that same way. When I moved out here to Colorado, that's when my development with pot kind of really grew. I started working in the industry. Uh, I worked in the cannabis industry for four years. Um, and a, it intensified because when you're selling the stuff, you kind of have to know what you're talking about. Uh, so my knowledge on pot grew extensively. Ooh, is that a word? Exponentially. Exponentially? I don't know. I don't know nothing about no maths. Ex- exponentially like exponents exponentially look at that i'm learning new things every day (laughs) (laughs) we went to college we went to i dropped see i dropped i didn't say much uh but working in the industry you a see a lot of different people get involved in pot i would sell to little old grannies who need it for their like arthritis and other things like that to people who just want it to relax and also people you wouldn't expect to be smoking but i'm glad that they're smoking uh i'm not going to call anyone out but i like that a lot of people who are in the health industry is what i'm going to say smoke i'm like get it girl you're saving lives you need to get high as shit uh i fully i'm fully for pot i use it for my anxiety i use it for my depression i'm what you like to call a fully functioning stoner same Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i really hope that the stigma is like slowly fading away with weed because mm-hmm. i don't know like it, it for some reason back in the 80s or 90s or whenever it happened it just got it got categorized in with all these hard drugs like cocaine it's, a, it's still technically a class one drug it is still up there with the harsh ones but in a past study held by the uk uh they had recently found that the most damaging and most harmful out of ever anything is alcohol due to the fact that it is so accessible and the danger that it does to you and the danger that it does to other people uh drunk driving and all that good stuff but yeah. smoking is like 10 on on the list of like most dangerous i've never heard of someone really getting fucked up too fucked up on weed you'll just right. get really hungry <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's just a fun uh, side effect isn't it but shaking the dice and our next question is uh what is your favorite part about horror what are the aspects that really draw you in why are you here in this community Oh my God. So many things attract Loaded. me to horror. So many things. Um, um, usually like I'm, I'm a visual person. So mm-hmm. if you can uh, grab my attention visually um, right off the bat, I'm automatically interested. Mm-hmm. So I like um, obviously coming from film school, I like production design, lighting, mm-hmm. camera angles, all that fun stuff. Um, storylines are really fun obviously like you can't sit through a full movie without a great storyline mm-hmm. I love costumes I love characters I love the thrill you know going to a scary movie and kind of not like expecting something but not sure what to expect mm-hmm. it's almost like you know doing something thrilling but still being safe at the same time <laughs> you like the the safety of your seat but able to experience the the thrill of almost dying yeah exactly what about you for me, horror, I would agree. Visually, it's its what I str- love. It, it has to strike me. It has to strike a chord in me. But I think one of my favorite aspects of horror is how we can have a conversation on a lot of different things 
disguised as a horror film. Some of my favorite movies discuss like intergenerational trauma and what that does. And that's fascinating that something like that can be talked about within this realm that everybody can enjoy. Uh, but agree, agree 100%. Like I, that's great that people can tell their stories through the lens of horror. It's pretty amazing. I love it. Our next question is, what is our relationship to each other? Uh, for everyone listening at home, Ray is my uncle. <laughs> Ray is yeah. four, five, four, five I now. Please forget. Wait, 33, you're how, you're how old? 28. I just turned 28. You just turned 23. So technically we're five, right? Yeah, five. Yeah, five years apart. Uh, but we always say that uh, we're best friends first and, uh, and related after. Ray is the reason we've discussed why I'm a pothead. Hi, mom. I'm glad she's hearing that. <laughs> and also why you're into horror. Exactly why I'm into horror. Uh, my first horror film, I guess I'll relate to that one since that answered that question. Uh, what was your first experience to horror? How did you get involved? Uh, my first horror film was thanks to Ray. Uh, how the... I was forced to watch Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> And it forever scarred me and feared, struck a huge fear of planes. Thank you. And I didn't watch horror films for like another five years because of you. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you're welcome. I mean, that's how I got forced into to horror, essentially. Like, <laughs> um, my first experience with horror, with horror was Halloween. Um, when my brother and I used to spend the night at Michelle's house, who's my cousin, um, her favorite movie was Halloween. She would always make me watch it and... At first, I used to be really scared of it, and I hated it. The you know the the theme would scare me. Michael Myers would scare me, especially because he's like so creepy, doesn't say anything, just like walks everywhere, (laughs) and you know, and just kills blindly. Like if you get in his way, bitch, he's gonna slice and dice you. Um, (laughs) Slice and dice. Exactly. So um, that was my first experience with horror. I fucking love it. I love that so much. I love that. Granted, it's it sounds bad that it traumatized you. But at the same time, it kind of developed into this huge uh, obsession. <laughs> yeah, like a kind of like a Stockholm syndrome type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it works perfectly. My next question for you is, you are who I know of as the biggest Halloween Horror Nights fan down in oh, Hollywood. You. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. Wear that title <laughs> beautifully. Uh, do you have any favorite stories from Halloween Horror Nights? Um, I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. huge, huge Halloween Horror Nights big. fan. Huge. I go every year. Big mistake. Big, huge. <laughs> I go every year. Um, and that, well, I'm not going to go off on that tangent right now because that's for a later episode. But um, I'm a big fan. And so um, I've been going since the beginning, since it came back to Hollywood. And one of my favorite stories for me is it's not really a story it's just something that happened there um back in the day like in its early years i want to say it was like 2007 2008 um they used to have this character character that would just wander the whole park didn't have a scare zone wasn't planning to be anywhere and he kind of looked like a regular person you know in passing he was wearing a long trench coat was wearing a hat and like the moment he would get close enough, he would just like throw open his trench coat and flash you. But he wasn't <laughs> flashing no dick, bitch. He was flashing <laughs> a full on um, Casey Becker gutted situation with his Ugh. intestines on the outside. 
Um, and he, <laughs> it was great because he he totally caught me off guard. And then when you looked at him closely, he was actually painted. He had like this gross like uh, paint on his face, it made him look really like sleep deprived. He had like snot coming out of his nose. Ugh. And uh, he got all of us, like all of my friends were there, probably like six of us. And then he even like posed for pictures with us. At one point <laughs> he made, he made me touch like his intestines. Gross. Um, it was great. Um, and that was one of my favorite characters and he never made a comeback. Mm. And um, luckily for me, I tweeted John Murdy, who's a creative director for Horror Nights one year. And he actually responded. He um, responded to my tweet at a panel for at Monster Palooza or something. And of course, it was the one year I didn't get to go. And he answered my question. And I wasn't in the audience to geek out. Um, but he answered my question. I asked him about the flasher and if he would ever make a comeback. And he actually knew exactly who I was talking about. And he remembers him fondly. And he said, hopefully, maybe he would make a comeback. So shout out, John Murdy, if you listen or are listening, I would love for Return of the Flasher. I, I, I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights. Haunts are one thing that are really hard for me to get through because I love horror. But once you put me in the situation, you're asking a lot of me right now. <laughs> it's, it's just too much. Uh, I do it's love too like- too fucking much. <laughs> it, it's, uh, haunts are hard because I either really love it and I love getting scared or I'm just like, this is horrible. Like, I can't do this right now. I'm not emotionally <laughs> invested in you right now. But I love that you're obsessed with Halloween Horror Nights. And if you hadn't picked up on it, we are hoping to do a Halloween Horror Nights history episode. I'm obsessed with anything that does like with research for horror. So I'm going to push it onto other people. And I love it. Yes, I'm 100% down because I'm a huge horror fan, like huge Horror Nights fan specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that I was even like on message boards and stuff like that. But we'll get to that later. I'm excited. My next question for you is, what is your favorite way to smoke? What is your favorite way to get that good old ganja inside? Um, that sounded my, awful. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's gotten to the point where I need like a hit. <laughs> but anyways, um, my usual like just day to day is to smoke out of a bong. We have quite a few to choose from. Um, my like go-to that we're using right now was like this really cool, I think I showed you the red and black silicone one and the base of it looks like a skull. Mm -hmm. Uh, Richard picked that one out and, um, it all depends on my mood though. My day to day is just the bong. Um, but if I'm feeling kind of sexy and loud and free, I might roll a (laughs) joint, (laughs) (laughs) but it's usually just either the bong or, or a joint. Um, yeah. What about you? Uh, it used to be my spoon my little piece my little guy that's what that's what those are called yeah you know just like a regular hand piece that you use like everyone thinks of those are called Uh spoons uh i don't like that because when you say spoon i think of like cooking mess or whatever yeah (laughs) don't call it a spoon but my least favorite (laughs) is when you use what they call um a straw a honey straw (gasps) where it looks like a meth pipe and you light it and then you have to hover over your concentrates no i did not know that was a thing yes gal we used to sell it and people were like is that a meth pipe like gal i know (gasps) i know i know it's not but it it straight up looks like it that's why i'm not the biggest fan of concentrates yeah so like back in the 90s when they were saying that weed is a gateway drug that right there that sounds (laughs) like a gateway to meth mama (laughs) what that is so sick Uh uh-uh that is totally setting someone up for failure 
Isn't it wild? And it's extremely popular because it's, we're looking at like from 70% THC concentrate up to like 90 and higher. Holy shit. Yeah. People are really into it, but it, not going to lie. Sometimes like the people who smoke concentrate, sometimes it feels like it's a lot like gal, but however, because of how much we smoke and how much, uh, we've smoked daily. I we're daily smokers and it's probably been daily smoking for about <laughs> close to like five years. I if would say not longer. Three. Yeah. I mean, I can go without, it's not like, I'm like, huh, give me my, give oh, me my drugs. Yeah. It's not like we're going to go through withdrawal or anything, but I definitely won't be as pleasant as I am now. <laughs> I need my happy. <laughs> Let's get merry. <laughs> but my favorite way to smoke is uh joints. I fucking love a good joint. Cause it makes me feel like Jessica Lang. And anything she does, because she's always smoking. <laughs> she is always a smoker. It's very it. theatrical. It's very dramatic. I love it. Oh, I love it. What I, banana. <laughs> what I really want is the really fancy little cigarette holder that Aunt Z has in the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. The ring one? No, it's like, is it a ring? Well, there's some that are rings, and it's like it it like clips your joint, so that way you consistently have it on you, so you can just like smoke all fancy and shit. I've never, I didn't realize it was a ring, but I know like Aunt Z and Aunt Sabrina, <laughs> she's always smoking her cigarette with one. You know what? I liked Sabrina and then I couldn't get into it after a while. Really? After, like, we, yeah. Like, I, we I just started off. part four. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, this is the last uh, part. I don't I know. Really, I re- I, TV shows for some reason for me are difficult. Like I either get on board and I watch all of them or I'm just not on it. Um, I don't know. I really enjoy it, the aesthetic and all that. And plus, I'm a huge Sabrina fan from when I was a kid. TGIF, come on now. You want to be Melissa Joan Hart so bad. Is that her name? No. Yeah, yes, yeah, Melissa it, Joan Hart. Yes. For some reason, I thought I confused with someone else. Who was I thinking of? <laughs> I don't know why. For some reason, I thought I was like introducing Jessica. Whoa, no. Jennifer Love Hewitt. For some reason, I was like, Uh-oh. I don't know why. My next question for you is, what was your first horror film in theaters? that you can remember. I know I asked you this earlier, but the one that you associated was the one that we went to together. Can yes. you remember your first one? Yes. Um, I, you said, I, we talked about it later and you said you, you would consider it horror. I wasn't sure if I would consider it horror, but it scared me enough. So I consider it horror. Uh, funny enough, it's like this suspenseful thriller, almost slash romance movie <laughs> called What Lies Beneath with Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. and it if you haven't seen it you should see it because it's actually very good those are two great actors and they play robert zemeckis right oh i really don't know i really want to say it's robert zemeckis actually uh it's really good it's about like this couple and she's finding the backstory and her husband finds out he it is robert zemeckis oh wow robert zemeckis fuck yeah no wonder i like it so much Anyways, uh, I don't want to give it away if nobody's seen it, but um, you should watch spoilers. it. It's about a, <laughs> spoilers. Uh, it's about a couple and she's finding out about her husband's secret past. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets very dark at the end. And I just remember that movie being really blue. That movie was so, like, the tones were it's, so blue and, like, white. It's because it's, um, I don't want to give anything away, but it's related to the water. They live on the water. They live, like, uh, like on a bay or something by some lake. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really good. I remember there being like really suspenseful scenes. I haven't seen that movie in, I couldn't tell you how many years. Uh, But from what I remember, I remember a be very, 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 very scared of it (laughs) because I, the the bathtub scene, there's a few bathtub scenes that I remember being specifically horrific. 
it's very water heavy for sure it's a theme throughout the whole movie how old were um, you when you went to go see it Ooh, uh, i want to say like 11 or 12 you were 11 or 12 going to see a Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford dramedy. Okay. First of all, it's not a dramedy. <laughs> it's a suspenseful thriller with horror undertones. How um, dare you? I couldn't get aquatic thriller, but you can get all of this for what lies beneath. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I went to film school. God damn it. I can categorize these things. Uh, we'll get to my whole bringing up with movies and how I became so obsessed with movies later. But when you get the backstory on what kind of movies I grew up watching, me going to a Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer psychological thriller ain't that crazy. You're like, this is fine. Oh, it's PG-13. So you were fine to watch this. For some reason, I thought someone took you to go see an R-rated, like, whatever. I'm just glad that you oh, were. Oh, I, trust me, I have gone to R-rated movies that weren't even horror related. It was, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Uh, for me, my first horror film was with you, again, thanks for the horrible influence, was when mm-hmm. my cousin David, it was, how old was David turning? I want to say maybe 12 tops, because we were not that old when we went to go see this movie. It was his birthday, it was around Halloween, and it was that, it was like the start of that time period where Saw came out like every single year. Mm-hmm. And that year, it was Saw 2. I remember we went to go to Buca de Beppo's, go get some food, great Italian. And we're like, what movie are we going to see? Y'all were super gung-ho about Saw 2. And I was not about horror movies then. I was not about <laughs> to get some nightmares. So I tried as hard as I may to get Wallace and Gromit and the Were-Rabbit for us to go see. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't want to see this heartwarming claymation, beautiful story. <laughs> I remember closing my eyes for like the first 10 minutes. That opening scene is still so like ingrained into my brain. Do you remember it? What's up? I don't, I don't recall. The it's when scene. he, it's when that guy has like, it's not the bear trap. It's the one that like encloses on his <gasps> Oh, face with the spikes. With the spikes. And so he has to like scalpel out his <gasps> eye. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. That is so ingrained in like the trauma that is horror for me. That and also the the palette, that color palette started to become really popular. That like overexposed greens, mm-hmm. blues, and all that stuff. Yellows. It's gross. I just remember feeling really gross after watching it. Yeah, they're really gritty movies. Really, really gritty, dirty. Like, remember they were, what were they calling torture porn? Um, oh, yeah, it was Thanks part of that. Like raw. Yeah, it was part of that whole like uh, torture porn subgenre that was really popular at the time. Let's see. But you're welcome for that traumatizing (laughs) experience because that's now one of that's one of your favorite Saw movies. It is. Saw 2 is my absolute favorite out of the whole series, and it's probably because of that trauma thing. You're welcome. My next question for you is what is your all-time favorite scary movie? But I think we've already addressed this for you. Yeah, we've already addressed it. I'm a victim of Stockholm Syndrome. I love Halloween, the original 1970. You probably Halloween. shouldn't lead with that. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't should edit that out because <laughs> I'm victims of <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome are going to come for me. <laughs> Don't um, at us. <laughs> uh, yeah, Halloween. Uh, I grew to love the movie. Um, and then it just, I would watch it over and over and over again. I know that line, I know that movie like line for line, shot for shot. Hmm. Um I when I got to community college and I had to take a speech class, you had to give a speech on 
it was an it was called an informative speech so you had to inform the class on something so of course i chose halloween because i was i was obsessed at the time and so um i did an informative speech on halloween and i showed the whole class the, tr- the original like 1978 trailer for it um <laughs> But yeah, that, that's that's my all-time Nerd. favorite. That's <laughs> that's my uh, that's my holy grail, if you will. Uh, my holy grail is tattooed onto me. Uh, I have I'm the biggest fan of Wes Craven's 1996 classic Scream for sure. It is uh, my it the humor really informs who I am as a person. Just really snarky, quick. Uh, just comebacks are my favorite in horror. I love meta anything. I know that's not a lot of people's like cup of tea, but uh, Scream is just fantastic. Uh, I'm a child of the 90s, so I'm only, I mean, I could only be just obsessed with what that movie represents. Oh, when, yeah, it was really groundbreaking for its time and really mm-hmm. shattered the, like, not the fourth wall, but it was self-referential and all the great things that Kevin Williamson just shoved into that script. It sparked like a whole new it revived like the horror genre for the time that could be a whole episode within itself but for anyone who doesn't know that horror was dying at the time during that time period we had Mm -hmm. nothing but sequels i remember there being a lot of hellraisers and just a lot of repeats and no one knew what was happening i think that's when we got halloween six or five which one is the it might have been it was five that's the one with paul rudd Yes. Horrible. It's so bad. It's really bad. It's so bad. Uh, But with Scream coming out, it it literally changed the whole game. After that, we had nothing but like self-referential slashers. Urban Legends. uh, I I still know what you did last summer after. I think it was after. I think it was right after Scream. I want to say maybe 97 or 98. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right. Uh, but Scream for me is my holy grail, as you addressed it as. It is forever. Just, I will watch it anytime. It makes me super happy. And that includes any of the sequels. And as as controversial as it is, three is one of my all-time favorites. I fucking love Scream 3. Yes. <laughs> Parker Posey come through. Parker Posey for the win. Uh, segwaying, look at me being good at this. What is your favorite bad horror movie? Quote, unquote, bad. Hmm... I'm not going to include my B movies because those are already just considered um, mm-hmm. bad movies. So I'm just going to choose like a, a bad one. Oh, yeah, I guess it's considered bad and just like not a fan favorite. I love uh, Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Um, I know oh, it's the, like the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, let first off, Resurrection should be considered the redheaded How stepchild. dare you? I know you love that shit, but Busta Rhymes and Tyra Banks in a horror movie is not the T for me, sis. There's karate. Karate. <laughs> <laughs> and Tyra playing a barista. Remember she makes her own coffee oh and that's God. why the cameraman gets killed? I my can't. favorite. Spoilers, I guess. This movie's been out forever, so if you haven't seen it, it's on you, gal. Uh, when My favorite part is when she's making her latte, getting that whipped cream, dipping her caramel lollipop in the coffee because so that's gross. what we need. She's like, oh my God, I love the setup shot. Way to go, film school. (laughs) (laughs) So shady. I fucking love it. I love it Uh, so much. Oh, but anyways, back to my original point. Uh, Halloween 3 is probably my favorite bad movie, I guess. I love it. I'll probably change my mind throughout the series, but uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, It's 
I don't know. I can appreciate it because it was a part of the original plan of what mm-hmm. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill had planned for the series. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. though it's its weird own storyline, I can appreciate it. No, I absolutely can. I love it within its own like canon. It is wonderful. The music again just comes through and it's fantastic. And the premise yes. is so interesting. Kill the kids. Kill yes. all the kids. Fuck yes. I am all on board with this. I love it. Uh, for you, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh, for me, it's probably Chopping Mall. Chopping Mall oh, is the number one movie I force everyone to watch. If you've never seen it or heard of it, guess what, gal? You're now going to sit on my couch and I'm going to force you to watch 96 <laughs> minutes of this masterpiece. Yeah, that's that's definitely one that I would consider like a B movie for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's definitely bad. <laughs> but for us, like people like us, like we love movies that are so bad, like so that bad good. that they're good. Yeah, it's so fantastic. And I understand that not everybody can appreciate that, but for like geeks like us, we fucking live for that shit. It's so good. Uh, so we're down to our last two questions. Uh, and these ones, I'm excited. I wanted to save these for the last two. Uh, my question for you is going to be, what is your relation to the film industry? And I think that's kind of fascinating and where we have a little bit more of a perspective on film because we both are hugely obsessed with just film in general. The horror films are just happen to be something that we also fully enjoy. Uh, mm. What is your relationship to all of it? Uh, I grew up like going to the movies every weekend. My mom would take me and my brother to the movies every weekend. Um, and then even like after my brother got old, older and would like, you know, hang out with his friends on the weekend, my mom still took, my mom still old. took, uh, <laughs> shut up. I did not mean for that to be shady. Hi, um, Renee. Hi. Um, me, my mom would still take um, just like myself and her to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up like watching, like ingesting films at like a rapid rate. Not only that, my mom has like a huge movie collection. So I was just kind of just, that. yeah, Grandma is just hugely obsessed with film. Yeah. She lo- she'll sit down and watch anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, so like that naturally progressed and I went, ended up going to film school and, you know, majored in production design and I worked in a few, not, not anything big, a few like YouTube series, uh, a few shorts, music videos, um, a lot podcasts. of your, some of your stuff made it on TV. No, you, you're selling yourself a little short. You've done a lot of good. <laughs> you've done a lot of stuff that I wouldn't say like rocked the culture, but you were still, you were working pretty damn steadily for a while. Yeah, I was. Uh, it's still Thanks something COVID. that I, <laughs> I know, right? It's still something I have a big passion for, but obviously with the current circumstances, it's really hard to come by work. But mm-hmm. I am a freelance uh, production designer. Um, more to come later. Please hire, 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 hire us. F- film for, I think for both of us is what really ignites us. I, I am the biggest film nerd. I love obsessing over just details in production and things that happen. I remember when we frequented uh, Universal Studios quite a bit. It, it was our favorite thing to do because film is just, it's fascinating, isn't it? Film is so yeah. fascinating. Seeing it's just an like, escape. It is. It's a huge escape. And it's something that I've discussed with my partner, just like the reason why I love film so much is that it's fascinating to have a community of people building this like one thing for someone to watch it is it is a labor of love and it's beautiful oh uh, yeah 100 it takes it, like it takes a village it really does it truly takes a village 
my connection to the film industry is uh, I moved out there. I originally wanted to do theater and that didn't exactly pan out. I ended up moving out to California to pursue makeup, which ended up becoming a huge passion for me. It still is. It's still one of my biggest passions and I wanted to do film really badly. So I uh, went to school out there. I went to the makeup designery. Shout out. Thank you for my diploma degree certificate. <laughs> Thanks for my participant certificate. certificate. <laughs> uh, I learned a ridiculous amount there and I worked out in the field for quite a bit. I was doing pretty well, uh, mainly a lot of commercial work. I wanted to go into horror films with the only horror films that I can get my hand on. Um, uh, let's say straight to DVD, straight to YouTube, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, some of the stuff that I have worked on, I'm really proud of some of the stuff, like uh, the TV show Friendless Five was mm-hmm. something that I was really proud of. Um, shout out to Maggie Levin, who directed that. She's now going on to do big things. She's currently writing the script for the new Labyrinth sequel that I had mentioned oh, to you. Oh, that's right. Yeah, kudos. Amazing stuff. Um, and some of the stuff that we did, it is some of my fondest memories. You remember Rocky Horror Hipster Show? Yeah, was also I did go to Maggie. that. Uh, working in the film industry and just being out in LA, quite honestly, it just gets you really connected to really cool passions. Uh, my last question for you is something that uh, is really important and I feel like is the antithesis of why I wanted to do this podcast. Uh, we both identify, well, I know that you identify as gay, technically I identify as queer, uh, mm. but we are both Mexican. We're brown queer people who really partake in this community, the horror community. What is your relationship with it? How do you feel like they go, do they go hand in hand? Is there something that you would wish would be more addressed within the horror community and our perspectives? I know there are, like there's one, like the horror community is already like a subgenre of just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's being own. a person. Yeah, it's like <laughs> its own community. And then you also have like a subgenre in that community of like horror queers. And mm-hmm. then within that subgenre, you have a sub subgenre of like where it kind of breaks down into race, and we don't like to be like I'm not trying to divide our communities into mm-hmm. races. I'm just saying that um, there's definitely a he- I think a heavy presence of Latinos in the horror community, specifically yes. queer um, Latinos within the horror community. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because that's what my feed is flooded with on social media because I f- happen sure. to follow other, you know, when you find, have something in common with somebody, you, you want to follow them. So of course, as soon as I see somebody on Instagram is in a horror, I'm almost like instantly intrigued. Um, so I follow a lot of other brown queers. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a lot of us in the community, but there's not a lot of representation in what we see and what we consume. Um, so that's, I feel like that's kind of partly why I also wanted to get into film was because I didn't see myself on the screen. Uh, very rarely did I see like, you know, a brown lead, whether that be black, brown, Asian, any other color, but white. <laughs> so and you're, you're totally right. Uh, just referring to the queer brown community um, within horror specifically, it's, the only time we get any sort of representation of just queer in general, uh, we are the running joke. We are the first to die. We're never really the final girl. And any times that we are in there, we're coded. We're queer coded all the way 100% through. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's hard for us to distinguish us on the screen. We want to see ourselves on the screen. And it's even harder being brown and queer within this community because anytime it's queer on the screen, it's always white. It's, that's the, the main thing that we always see, even as we're going into, I, wouldn't call, I would not call it a renaissance, but there are more films with queers as the main characters within mm-hmm. horror, but they're always white. I'm talking about like Midnight Kiss, that French porn horror movie that came out that's on Shudder. I just want more of it because we are here and you are, I think you are very right about the Latino community and and how we kind of gravitate towards this. And it's part of the reason why I love horror so much. And it is a catharsis essentially. Um, Even historically speaking, if you look back, major events that happened pretty bad events that happened without history. There's always an uptick of horror that follows after it. There's a need for horror. Uh, As bizarre and as strange as it sounds, it's something that we need to get these emotions out. Specifically right now, hello, pandemic. Uh, No one's allowed to go anywhere. Everyone's developing these these emotions that are extremely hard. And I feel like we're going to see horror again become extremely popular. It has been in the past couple of years past couple of years mm-hmm. um so i'm excited to see what will happen with hopeful more brown voices involved as well it's just what i need yeah i'm excited to see what this whole pandemic brings because usually when you you know confine artists or give them constraints usually that's when their like creativity really kicks in and they really mm-hmm. blossom so i'm excited like even though this pandemic has been very draining on a lot of us and been very mm-hmm. hard i feel like even though it's put us through the ringer like a lot of us will blossom on the other side. I hope so. I really do. People keep talking about the idea of the roaring 20s happening. Um, I'm hopeful, (laughs) please. (laughs) I could use a little bit of that. Uh, Well, I mean, this year, just this year alone of the films that were supposed to be getting cross your fingers because everything kept getting shifted around. Uh, Halloween Kills, we're getting Candyman. We're getting The Quiet Place 2, supposed to. And I believe a whole bunch of other films are slated as well. The only ones I can think of right now. Yeah, that's all I can think of off the top of my head because those are the ones I'm excited for. But I know there's like a whole slate for throughout the whole year coming up. I'm I'm hopeful for them. I'm I'm hopefully we see horror going down the path that it is because currently right now I'm really excited with the voices that are being involved in horror. And that's why I wanted the podcast because I think queer brown people who love horror just as much as we do who smoke weed just as much as we do and who are just as nerdy as we are to have a voice out there because we really don't have some no we don't so representation matters representation matters uh that's all of my questions we're essentially done with our first episode yeah we did good job go team Uh, i'm excited i'm so excited to see where this goes forward uh, is there any hopes, dreams, anything you want to see come out of the podcast, like episodes, anything like along those lines? I'm really, you know me, I'm really excited for the Halloween Horror Nights episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I can geek out. My best friends know very much that that's, that's my tea right there. My dream is to like work <laughs> for them one day. Um, shout out. Yeah, Hello. right. Shout out. Um, so I'm excited for um, the, Horror Nights pod- the Horror Nights episode. I'm super excited about that. Uh, for season one for us, the way that we're hoping to work things along is our next episode is going to be our Revenge of the Remakes episodes. So we're going to be comparing the original. So next week, do you want to tell them what next week's episode is going to be? 
We're going to have the SmackDown of My Bloody Valentine. So we're going to have the original My Bloody Valentine and then the My Bloody Valentine 3D. Uh, Which is very important. Boogaloo remake. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really called Electric Boogaloo, but... I'm so excited. So our, our next episode is going to be the critique of My Bloody Valentine 1981 versus My Bloody Valentine 3D, I believe 2009. Yeah. Uh, after that is going to be our first Carpenter something we still haven't named it yet i'm excited to see what we're gonna name it i don't know what yet but it's gonna be our first carpenter flick we're gonna be yes. critiquing do you want to let them know what that is i announced the last one so you announce this one. Oh, so excited i've <laughs> never seen it i've it's on it's been on my list but i've never seen it ray loves this movie it is going to be ghost of mars i am <laughs> ice cube ice cube i'm so excited i'm so excited <laughs> Uh, that's yeah, gonna be our first good. carpenter it's gonna be our first carpenter flick uh after that we'll announce after those two what our next episodes are going to be but welcome to the carpenter queens and welcome to season one yay uh, if you'd like to follow us you can follow us on instagram at the carpenter queens if you'd like to follow us on twitter it is the carpenter queens as well uh do you want to give your insta Sure. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I wanted to, but sure. It's not like I really post like anything controversial or anything on there. Um, titties. It, no, no titties. NSFW. <laughs> um, my Twitter, or sorry, my Instagram handle is at STFU Ray. And yes, it does stand for what you think it stands for. And same thing on Twitter at STFU Ray. And my Instagram and Twitter are under construction. So don't ask me. I'm not ready for those yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We will catch you all on the next one. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask. And always remember. Bye. 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 Bye.